When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, Put them together for this busy Monday morning. Good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. College Baseball World Series. The championship game is tonight. We'll preview it coming up. Uh, Coach Ty Harrington is with us this morning as Bucky takes the uh, enjoys the week off of his birthday week, by the way, for the Buck. He has a birthday on Wednesday. Is that right? Thursday. Thursday. My son is Tuesday. He's 27th. Bucky's 29th. So Thursday for the Bucks. Your son's 27th or 26th? My son's 25th birthday. On the 27th. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. I have a 25-year-old in this world. That's amazing. That's up tomorrow. As of tomorrow. Uh, yeah, happy birthday to the Griff. Also, uh, Buck, I'll have a birthday. This says, I'm Bucky's age. Best live show for me. Ooh, I like this. Uh, best show I've ever seen. George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, 1974. One point, a giant spaceship landed thought, on the stage. I thought he was going to say Monty and Bucky whenever you're gone. <laughs> Singing uh, Simon and Garfunkel tunes or what? What are they doing when I'm gone? I don't know. It gets interesting, that's for sure. (laughs) Or not interesting, depending on how you look at it. Talking about great concerts. Of course, Craig Way does the post the music survey, and and, uh, Ty Henderson, our producer, did it on Friday. So that got me thinking, let's have some fun with live music on this uh, final week of June. We'll have another uh, musical conversation each day this week. Uh, Today it's live concert that was your favorite all time and also most surprising. Live music concert. I mentioned the, the Dave Matthews Band show I saw in the early 90s in Georgia, at, in Athens, Georgia, Ty, that just, because I didn't know much of their music and then was just blown away by their performance. There was another one when I was still in high school. My brother was already in school here, uh, Ty, and um, so I came over to visit him, and he lived in an apartment right behind, at the time was called the back room, right there on Riverside, you know, the back room. Yeah. And what is it? It's something now. It's, it's another music venue, but back then it was the back room. Emos? It might be Emo's now. Uh, it's right there on Riverside, a uh, yeah, little bit of the way down. And he lived in the apartments right behind there. So and somehow he got me in. I was 18 years old at the time. And we went and saw the Black Crows uh, oh, wow. before their Shake Your Money Maker album blew up. It was like at the back room. I remember I took a leak next to one of the members of the Black Crows when they were, when they were going to the bathroom. I'm like, this is cool. And... Uh, I always say that when I did the Craigway Music Survey, that's when I when I fell in love with music because I hadn't seen a lot of live music growing up in Houston. Came up here, we saw the Black Crows at the back room and was hooked on going to live shows because it was so good. And then, of course, they became as big a rock band as there is until the Brothers Robinson couldn't get along and screwed it all up. But uh, great band, great show. 
so yeah, those, those off the nose didn't know it was going to be so good. Concerts are always a, f- a lot of fun. Do you remember if you if you go back to the Dave Matthews concert? Did they carry any of their music from that concert forward? Do you remember? Oh any gosh, of this? yeah. Do you remember? Well, who? It, was, it was also right before they blew up. That was when when uh, they had the album called Under the uh, Under the Table and Dreaming or whatever. It had ants marching. And... Ants marching was part of it, right? Oh yeah, that was the, yeah. I think it was the first song they played. Yeah. Uh, what would you say was a big hit off that album? And it was just they 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 are just so tight and uh, so good. And Dave Matthews, an underrated songwriter in my mind, but uh, great show. And I think for a lot of people, Dave Matthews got really big and got played on pop radio, and it got it kind of got overplayed. But man, when you saw him for the first time, it was like, oh my gosh, these it guys. It was overplayed in my house growing up. That's my dad's favorite band. Yeah, well, Stop see, the only band he listens to. Yeah. Is that right? Band country. It's one of mine too. Well, they have a new album out this year that, that, that that's come out this year. It's actually pretty darn good. Uh, pretty darn good. They're still doing it. So Dave Matthews, if you're a fan, uh, so we're taking those. I give you my other favorite live shows as well coming up. I uh, mentioned Tom Petty with Gary Clark Jr., his final trip through Austin before his uh, his sad passing uh, came and went, and uh, so many great shows. So appreciate those. Everybody weighing in with their uh, – it's amazing how many different genres of music come rolling in here for people and their their favorite bands. Uh, let's get to your headlines, though. Then we're going to talk some recruiting to Longhorn football news with our buddy Jerry Hamilton. First, the headlines. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Start with the College World Series in Omaha. And, yeah, they're going to play one game tonight for the national championship after the Florida Gators absolutely crushed LSU yesterday afternoon 24-4 to first the decisive third game, the best of three championship series. LSU won that 11-inning thriller on Saturday night. Florida responded yesterday on a windy day at Charles Schwab Field. Wind actually blowing out, and the bats erupted. They pounded 23 hits, six home runs. The All-American center fielder Wyatt Langford led the way. Projected top three pick in the upcoming draft went five for five. Had a walk, six RBI, ten total bases. So, again, one more tonight to decide the national championship just after 6 o'clock. Major League Baseball, Astros avoided being swept by the Dodgers last night in L.A. 6-5 the final. Alex Bregman's game-winning single in the 11th was the difference. Astros still five and a half back at the first place. Rangers, who dropped the rubber game of their weekend series in New York yesterday, 5-3. Harrison Bader's two-run double in the 8th was the difference. Uh, Dell Diamond, Round Rock Express closed out that long homestand with a 5-4 walk-off win over Sacramento. Soccer, Austin FC, wrapped up their best week of the 2023 season so far on Saturday night. They rolled past the Houston Dynamo 3-0 at Q2 Stadium. Ethan Finley, Yazi Zarda scored the first half goals. Defenseman Julio Cascante added one five minutes into the second half, and that was the match. Uh, with that win, uh, of course, they beat Austin uh, FC Dallas by that same score, 3-0 on Wednesday night. Verde claimed six points in the week, moved from 11th place all the way to 7th place in the Western Conference standings. They're just two points out of fourth spot now. They'll play at Inter-Miami on Saturday. Congratulations to the Round Rock Dragons. Their 7-on-7 football squad claimed the Division I state championship over the weekend down in College Station. They rolled to a win over A&M Consolidated in the championship game. That championship bracket was chock full of Central Texas 7-on-7 squads. Buta Johnson made it to the quarterfinals before falling to A&M Consolidated. Uh, San Marcos made it to the second round. Westlake, Dripping Springs, Lake Travis, and Weiss all made the top bracket but lost their opening round game. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Get a free Hustler generator with purchase of select Hustler zero-turn mowers in stock till June 30th at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. It says, when did Gary Clark Jr. pass? Gary Clark Jr. has not passed. Tom Petty passed. Tom Petty has passed away. And I saw he, Gary Clark Jr. open for Tom Petty that, uh, that night. It was a great show. Uh, really, really good. Uh, you know, I, I remember leaving thinking how great it was. And then, of course... He passes away not long after that, and you're like, man, I'm really glad I went to see that show. Because uh, Tom Petty was one of those guys you felt like was going to play forever. Uh, kind of like Bruce Springsteen, right? Bruce Springsteen's still doing it and still doing four-hour shows. I did see Bruce at the Frank Irwin Center, too, the boss. And that was back when um, 
what's the the big guy? Clarence, the the the, the sax player. Sax player. He, he of course passed away, and uh, but I saw him when he was still still alive. It was a great show. Talk about we talk about Taylor Swift doing three and a half hour shows. Bruce Springsteen goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. It's a great, great show. Yeah, but if it's, think about this too. So let's say it's a three and a half, four hour show. Okay, so that not only is the show taxing physically and emotionally and all that, the pre- preparing for it. You get, I mean, you got to. Oh, I mean, the practice part of that. Yeah, rehearsal and. I mean that the rehearsal that side. Of, I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of well, rehearsal. We always say this when we talk about live, you know, sporting events and games. When when someone, you know, Nikola Jokic, to use him as an example, or. Gosh, watching Roy McIlroy play golf. When guys make something really difficult look, or people make something really difficult look that easy, you know that you, what you don't see is all the training that went ahead of it. And you know, give Taylor Swift a lot of credit, Bruce Springsteen, any of these live bands. It is, it's, it's amazing that they can do it night after night and uh, keep putting on great shows. Uh, very similar to, to sports, and a lot of times it's the same emotions you feel at a big sporting event, right? I mean, it's just you're you're you're, you're hooked, right? Uh, and you're rooting together with fans for or against or, or with the music, and the live music and sports certainly go hand in hand. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We're talking live music, but also football with our man Jerry Hamilton inside Texas on three sports. Longhorns did a big recruiting weekend, landed a couple. We'll talk about it now. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? Doing good, man. Uh, they build it as the uh, five-star weekend, and uh, Longhorns add two pieces and let's start with the first one that came Saturday, the running back from uh, IMG Academy, Gainesville, Florida, Jarek Gibson, second uh, uh, recruit in the class, uh, also the kid from Arizona. Last week we talked about how, how big how big of a pickup is this for Tashard Choice and Steve Sarkeesian. Well, I think those guys complement each other well to start. Uh, Jarek's about 5'10", 205. Uh, he's a really good, really good feet contact balance and he just has really good instincts between the tackles i think that is his strength as a runner uh is between the tackles you can get a lot done with him and with these large humans that sark and flood are recruiting i mean it's going to be easy for him to hide and then pop out pop hide that dance and pop out to the second level i mean that's what you're going to get with him i don't know if he has the ride out speed where he's going to run away from guys in the sec but i think he's going to be a very solid running back and christian clark's a bigger guy uh, Christian Clark should be a 5'11", 220-pound guy. Uh, so I think they complement each other really well. Uh, and, and, look, I think Jared Gibson was a big recruiting win for Texas because, I mean, look, he was a one-time Florida commitment, kind of like Cedric Baxter last week, uh, last year out of Florida. He was a Florida State commitment at one time. So those schools who have been kind of struggling in the state of Florida are not what they're ex- living up to the expectations. That's a good area to recruit for Texas right now. And Jarrett Gibson, you know, Miami made a strong run at him. Tennessee made a strong run at him. He visited Georgia. Uh, but this is one where Tashard Choice, I, I tell you what Tashard's strengths really, really are, if you didn't know a lot about him when he got here, is these kids don't talk. They talk about their relationship with him, but it's the families. I mean, I, and if you're going to – Buck, you know this. If, if you're going to send your kid 1,200 miles away, from home for college, you're going to have to be very comfortable with that position coach and that, and that head coach of that program. And I think the short choice hits home runs with parents. Yeah. Uh, having played in the National Football League, of course, a lot of, a lot of kids will, you know, remember him playing and now connecting with them on the recruiting yeah. trail. Of course, uh, Steve Sarkeesian brought him in to replace Stan Drayton, who took the head coaching job at Temple. Uh, but Tashard was at Georgia Tech at the time. And 
You know, uh, gosh, uh, Jerry, what, what kid, the kid Gibbs that uh, played at Alabama was with him, and now you know Cedric Baxter Jr. and now these two in back-to-back recruiting cycles doing great there. And you mentioned the offensive line. You know, it's it, it's you know pretty simple recipe for Steve Sarkeesian on offense. He wants a really good quarterback, obviously, but big humans and then speed on the outside and, and athleticism, and got another big human commitment. Nate Kibble, offensive line at uh, Atascacita High School. Six foot three, three fifteen. What's the thumbnail on this uh, this big get? Yeah, this was a, this was a, a big. This is actually a big win for Texas. This isn't the highly ranked win, but this is a big win because uh, just go through this real quick. That kid's at Atascacita. The last two offensive linemen that came out of Atascacita, Kenyon Green and Cam Dewberry, both at A and M. Uh, head coach Craig Stubb obviously was a, Atascacita was a quarterback at Texas A and M. Um, and, and it looked like AM was the favorite early, but this is where recruiting momentum shifts. And it doesn't take long to shift now. Uh, two years ago, AM had the momentum in the state. Now I think Texas has it back. I mean, this is a kid who wasn't going to commit early. He goes on the visit to Texas AM, uh, and it didn't resonate with him. So last week, he called Texas and said, I want to set up an official visit, I want to move my, my timeline up. Well, so they, they bring him in, and he said, this is the place for me. And it's interesting. He was at A&M with Daniel Cruz, who I think the big lean to Texas over Oklahoma, the center out of Dallas-Fort Worth area, and a couple other guys who I think could be lean for Texas right now. So that's just how recruiting – it's interesting that how it plays out. But that's a big win because that's a school that – those offensive linemen were going to Texas A&M, and they have Cam Dewberry recruiting him, uh, and they have Kenyon Green – uh, it was a first-rounder out of A&M, and this kid still chose Kyle Flood in Texas. I think it's it's a sign for the real recruitniks out there that how things are shifting in the state right now. Jerry Hamilton is with us inside Texas. Another big recruiting weekend for the Longhorns. The number is five now, commitments in the last uh, seven days or so. And there they called it the five-star weekend, and there were some five-stars here. Terry, is it Bussy out of Timpson, Texas, the wide receiver? Is that how we say his name? It is. It is, yes. And, yeah. Or and, Terry, and Terry Bussy? Terry Bussey, Terry Bussey, yeah. And he was here. How did that go? I mean, he's a guy that, uh, of course, Micah Hudson is uh, maybe the top receiver in the state from from, from Belton. Uh, this kid right there with him, uh, feeling good about that one? You know, I, I don't know on him. Uh, you know, I, I think Texas, they, Texas really likes the kid Ryan Wingo. I think Parker Livingstone, the four-star receiver out of Lovejoy, I think he, that's going to go Texas' way later this week. Um, I think Aaron Hampton out of Dangerfield. I mean, I think Texas likes a lot of guys. This is where the recruiting rankings can get a little skewed as far as who maybe Texas likes. Uh, I think Terry Bussey's a really talented player uh, for sure. I think if Texas makes a big push there, I think they can make up ground, continue to make up ground over time on him. Uh, A&M was the favorite headed into that visit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, then Parker Livingstone was on campus as well, uh, the four-star receiver, and then Ryan Wingo last weekend, who's a, pretty much a five-star receiver. So they, it's going to come down to who they kind of pick as their guys. And Aaron Hampton from Dangerfield now, he's going to commit July 7th. That's Texas or Bama. I think if that one goes Texas' way, that's kind of telling on Bussy right now. Jerry, the uh, the big name, obviously, on the defensive side, Colin Simmons, the edge out of Duncanville. Yeah. Uh, just a uh, big-time player. He was here this weekend. And, and I, I really pick up on that conversation with Colin. And then uh, I mentioned this last week with the defensive line recruits they brought in. I mean, they're from across the country. Sark and Bo Davis not shying away from, from getting in the deep south and getting in these recruiting battles. They've got a kid coming in from Arkansas and, uh, gosh, Mississippi, Louisiana, five-star kid. I mean, uh, on the defensive line, they're not, they're not shy about going wherever they need to to find the best players. 
No, let's start with Colin Simmons because that was a big one. I, I actually put in a, a on-three recruiting prediction machine pick for him to end up at Texas. That's going to play out. It's going to take a long time to play out. But I think Texas is in a good spot there. The next, the next big thing with Colin, though, is the last, that last weekend in July, where does he show up? If he goes to LSU, uh, then I think Texas, is, you know, it gets very interesting again. Um, because right now I think he's scheduled to go to a and I, I, I don't think that's where he'll go that weekend. I know LSU's going to work to get him back in uh, that late weekend in July. But I think Texas did a great job. I think the mom really likes everything about the University of Texas. I think Colin Simmons, the one thing with him is, Look, one thing Sark and the staff have done very well since they got here is, is the Dallas-Fort Worth area in recruiting. So when he goes down there and his host are Anthony Hill, John Tay Cook, Malik Muhammad, those are guys he grew up with. Those are guys he knows that they've played against each other. And those kids on – and Anthony Hill's obviously from Denton, but those other kids on that I-20 area, a lot of times they grew up playing youth football or basketball or whatnot. Uh, so Texas has some mojo in DFW, especially along I-20 right now. And I think that stuff resonates. I mean, Cam Williams from Duncanville is having a great experience at Texas. Um, so you got you got a lot of things in play for Colin. Then the, you have the other one. He knows he can come in and be the difference as off the edge. Yeah. And that appeals to an alpha like Colin Simmons. Okay. But that does that mean Texas is absolutely going to get him and sign him? It doesn't. But I think Texas is in a pretty good spot on, on the D line. Um, his teammate Alex January from Duncanville is there. I, I think that's tech, been Texas or LSU. I think Texas has been on top for a while. His dad played at Texas, Mike January. Um, TJ Lindsay out of Bryant, Arkansas, who's going to go to IMG next year, is a kid I just love. I, I think the kid could be a draft pick one day. Um, and I lean to him. I think he likes Texas and te- from the academic side, I think, just an all-around university side. But I also think he loves that Texas is moving to the SEC. And A&M, Auburn uh, is your competition there in the SEC. Miami's trying to make a run, but I just don't think that they'll win out. Jaden Jackson out of IMG. He's out of Brownsburg, Indiana, and Indianapolis area. I think he's a tremendous player. He was in town. Can Texas beat out Ohio State? I mean, that's been the dream offer for him. Larry Johnson's had him at camp since he was in eighth grade, I think. There's a lot there for Texas to have to overcome. But Jaden Jackson's a tremendous player. Uh, and I think Ohio State or Texas will be the choice for him whenever he makes that in July. Oklahoma, Florida, uh, they're on the peripheral. But I really think it's going to come down to those two. Then Dominic McKinley, the five-star you mentioned out of Acadiana, high in Lafayette. I, I think Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma have mo- both made great impressions on him in June. Uh, I think Todd Bates has done a good job. Bo Davis has done a good job, both the line coaches. If I gave Texas an advantage over Oklahoma right now, it would be that the mom can make the drive. It, it, it much easier travel for her. It's still six hours, but it's easier to get to Norman or fly in Oklahoma City. Um, and then the academics, I think, at the University of Texas, is, I think that resonates with the mom. I'm not saying the five-star is going to sign with Texas. I'm not. I'm just saying where students are right now. And if that recruitment plays out into the season, then obviously LSU could become more of a factor than they are right now. It's always great stuff, Jerry. I know you guys are chocked full over at Inside Texas and on three sports uh, from the weekend that was and what's to come. Five right now with the uh, the kid from Atasca City yesterday, and you guys will keep locking it in. And we appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, Jerry. You, you, you got it, guys. Thank you. There it is. That's as good an overview as you'll get right there. Locked yeah. in. You know what's interesting about this? If you, if you st- And I'm reading this on this other screen, and I, pay t- I, I listen to you guys in the morning every time Jerry comes on, but – so if you look at the, what Texas has done or doing or what they're 
on the verge of possibly, and they're continuing with the recruiting side of it. They're taking care of their state first, which is important. You, you got to take care of the great state of Texas because there's so many great players in this state. But what they're also doing if, on some of this is they're going into the SEC part of um, in that lower, you know, south part of the country and getting you know, the running back, for instance. Gainesville, so not Florida, only, yeah. yeah. So not only are you going to be able to use this, you know, running back or this weapon against them going into the SEC, but you're taking one of their pieces away. Oh yeah. And so I mean that's a that's a two way win win if they're able to continue to to pull guys out of there. I mean you look at the Louisiana kids and Mississippi State guy. I mean there's a Mississippi guy. I mean there's those are the those are the teams that you're gonna go into the SEC playing and you're already getting you can see the move to the SEC starting to resonate already, I guess is part of it as well. Yeah. And uh you know, this recruiting staff, right, that's the coaching staff under Steve Sarkeesian has a ton of SEC ties, right? I mean, Bo Davis and um, you know Kyle Flood, of course, uh, along with Jeff Banks, who's one of the best recruiters in the country. He's the tight ends coach and special teams coordinator, but also in the defensive backfield. Terry Joseph, ton of ties in Louisiana, and they lean on those. And of course, Pete Kwiatkowski and, and Jeff Choate have North, you know, great Northwest ties, right? They, they, so the Pac-12 kind of ties. So you see them in, in the state of California as well. Sark has great ties in the South in, in California too. So. Uh, there's your recruiting buzz. We'll keep you posted. And our man Jerry Hamilton, always good on that. Also talked to uh, Eric Goodman of Austin FC or the Austin Chronicle. Talking about Austin FC's big week last week. We're taking your best live music shows all time. That's been fun this morning for sure. And coming up, we will uh, dive into some uh, some baseball talk with the skipper over there. Florida and LSU, what more could you ask for? One game for the Natty. AC, SEC rivals. The big question is, will Paul Skeens pitch? And you've said something a couple times this morning I want to expand on that NIL – if you if you donate a little bit of money to the NIL to get Paul Skeens to, to LSU, you probably want to see him pitch tonight. But should that be a factor? We'll ask that question next here on Beanie. It's Bucky and Aaron. Such a dope. I mentioned uh, last hour Ty Harrington. The concert I wish I had seen is Pearl Jam. I have seen Pearl Jam. What am I doing? Oh, I don't. They played ACL Fest the year that it rained so much and it was muddy, and it was a great show. Yeah. Uh, so I did see it. Uh, I did see the Pearl Jam, and it was good, really good. But it was so crowded. I mean, it was, and it was. That was a good remember, concert. If you remember the mud, yeah. the, it was a that was the mud bath yeah. year. Yeah, and it which was I so, enjoyed because the rain. If it rains at ACL and it doesn't yeah. get canceled with how hot Knocked I get, knock the dust down too. Yeah, yeah but I, I enjoyed well, that. because it was so muddy. It was it was particularly packed, and everybody was kind of jammed into one area, and it was real muddy on the sides. I just remember that, and that show because one of my other favorite. Artist at the time and still is is uh, Ben Harper. Ben Harper had played, and then Eddie Vedder brought Ben Harper up on stage, and they talked about how they stayed up all night writing music and, and uh, here in Austin. And uh, Ben Harper, uh, really a good band, really a good musician himself. Uh, that was a good show. I enjoyed that a lot. And Eddie Vedder and the the Pearl Jam guys. So I have seen them. I don't. I mean, what year was that? Because I think I think I saw the same show. What year was that? Do you remember? That was like 2016. Uh, yeah, I, 2015. 2015. At ACL, yeah. 2014, they 2015. all run together. I was in high school. No, no. If it was 14, 2014, it was 14. Yeah. Isn't that right? Is that yeah? Because I think rain. I saw the uh, shame show too. Because um, I do remember the rain. 15, I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, 14, I guess it was. I mean, there I mean, they, I mean, they had the Eagles there uh, to close out this, the the weekend once. I mean, 
they 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 book a great great lineup, man, uh, each and every year. So uh, that's a good one. Uh, favorite live shows, and then most surprising live shows has been a big conversation this morning. Having fun with that. Craig Way does the music survey on his show, so we're stealing some of those and um, creating some conversation. This says most surprising show mid '90s, seeing Cowboy Mouth at Jazz Fest. The energy and crowd, amazing. Fell in love with those shows. And those are the cool ones, man. When you, it's one thing to go see your favorite artist or band and just be blown away and just, oh man, that was awesome. But one when you you're not sure. And you mentioned Toby Keith that you're you're a Toby Keith fan for yeah. country music, but you saw him play a bunch of covers where people were just throwing songs out because it was at a golf event or something. Yeah, it was at Jim West uh, Golf Tournament, the Texas State Girls Golf Tournament, and and Toby comes in because it's you know they do it also in at OU. And uh, so Toby comes in and, you know, he just had a band playing from Vegas that comes in every year that Jim brings in or JW brings in. And I just, he, he said, I'll sing, but I'm not singing my song. So people would just holler out a song. And if the band could cover it and play it, he would sing. I was like, how do you know all the words? He goes, I love music. I goes, that's just what I do. And, you know, and obviously it makes sense. You just don't. So it's safe it, to say it, that he'd be a great piano bar performer. Oh, he's and, and his voice on it, yeah. But, I, but, I love a good piano bar. Yeah, but it, yeah, but his voice just carries. I mean, it was unreal. And he, the different. I mean, if you're covering different genres of music, and you're a country singer too, and you can, you know, do. I mean, I just you got was, some range. But yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a better word for it. But well, it was, and a lot of times, and, and and Toby's a little bit different. He's a unique guy. You know, some love him, some don't. But I am. I mean, we, we, in the music survey, when you do music you're not a fan of or band you hate or whatever. What I don't like is the, the, the current pop country that gets cycled out of Nashville. I mean, it's just, so it's just, you don't like jelly roll. It's assembly line <laughs> stuff. I mean, they, I mean, it's hard to even call them performers that somebody else writes the song. They play with a session. They're band. catchy though. I, sure. I, I, I well, get you, but they're already yeah. in, they're already in bed with the radio stations. They're going to pump and the record companies are going to pump those songs out to keep them at the top of the charts. I mean, they just cycle it through. It's not, that's not for me. I mean, I, I can't go there, but, um, you know, to each his own. Everybody's got their own. But I do like Toby Keith because he's a unique to that. That he's got his own genre of that, and um, I'm a fan. Uh, but you know, he's a Sooner, so that's you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a diehard, <laughs> a diehard Sooner at that. I mean, I tell you what, I bumped into the Robert Randolph band one Ooh, night. That's a in great the family one. Band. Yeah, and I'd never heard them before. And um, I think if I remember, it was at ACL. I think. Probably, um, I mean, and you know, I with was the just, lap steel. I mean, he is, yeah. he is unbelievable. That's a great. That, there's so much energy, and those are the kind of shows that you're like, holy, this Robert Randolph and his family band. Yep. They they will knock your socks off. Another band like that, and I, when I did the music survey with Craig, uh, I mentioned my favorite live band um, at the time. I, I remember saying My Morning Jacket because if you've never seen My Morning Jacket from Louisville, Kentucky, they are the they are a live band. They are unbelievable. Uh, Ty, that's a band you need to go yeah, see. I know that's that's definitely on my list. Jim James and My right. Morning Jacket. I, I you know, because of our good friend Tom Gimbel, who's no longer the general manager of ACL TV anymore, he's moved to New York. But when he was, I was so lucky to be able to get, you know, he would get us into these live to the ACL tapings, right? You know, gosh, we got to see Paul Simon tape, which was just unbelievable. But he got me and my buddy went to see My Morning Jacket, and easily the most powerful taping ever. And I, there's something about the their the power of their music that just, I mean, shakes you. You're like unbelievable um but uh that that for for the acl tv tapings that i've been to that's that's really one of the most memorable that one or, or, or radiohead which was really good uh so yes and they're my, one of my favorite all-time bands is wilco out of chicago illinois and wilco is tremendous and to, to your point of toby keith doing covers they they did a deal at the, and maybe they do it every year now they play at the newport folk festival um 
and they'll do a deal where they put like ping pong balls with songs in a thing, and then somebody will just draw out and they'll play. It, it's not even their songs, like it's a Taylor Swift song, or that they obviously supply the ping pong balls of songs that they are prepared to play. But then the fans will draw and they'll play whatever the ball has, and that same kind of thing. Uh, not not even their songs, and it just takes you to a different like. Gosh, these musicians are unbelievable uh, that they can play all that from different genres. Uh, Tool at Frank Irwin Center with my wife. I think you mentioned Tool, or you mentioned Toadies. You were Toadies. The to- yeah, Toadies. That's yep. the, my mom took me to a Toadies concert in fifth grade, and that's when I that that really showed that opened up my love to music. Front row, you know, little kid. Told me what that smell was in the air. Got to have that. <laughs> I mentioned the Black Crows at Back Room was really my intro to. Uh, to a live show that just blew you away, and that, that for sure. This says uh, Robert Randolph playing with Dave Matthews Band at Red Rocks. I've, I've seen yeah. that video. I've seen that on whatever that music television station is. Uh, Robert Randolph playing Louisiana, Louisiana Bayou was the song I think they did. Uh, so we appreciate those, and we're taking St. Paul and the Broken Bones surprised me. Saw them at ACL. I've heard that about St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Uh, so deliver, deliver those. We appreciate it. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Tonight, Texas, or LSU, Texas. We're just doing Texas football chatter. Uh, LSU, Florida for the national championship. Uh, we've talked about it this morning. You know, does Paul Skeens pitch or not? Uh, I think you. I think you're assuming you'll see him tonight, right, Coach? I think so. I mean, I I, I think if it's again, I, I think they're having right now trying to figure out p- piecing this puzzle together. Do they keep them in their routines of where they best fit? Meaning, do you start him? Do you use him in relief? Um, you know, there's so many different ways that this thing could fall out or roll out tonight but you know and I will say this I want to to take this back just a small step if if you look at last night's game after after it kind of got away you saw LSU go to the bullpen with guys that you know they're they got outside their six guys last night right and that's why the score got you know where it was and the wind was blowing out a lot of different things and so some of the questions would come from people like, well, they've got all the momentum now. Florida does. Yeah, um, yeah, briefly they do. And but the majority of the momentum is going to come from who's on that on that dirt, sixty feet, six inches away from home play. That's going to determine a lot of the momentum of what you know either team tonight from the pitching perspective, and and how that's going to go. And I, I just baseball players are taught to have a different mindset. That, that was yesterday. Today's a different day. You wake up, and it's a you know you can carry some of that baggage with you if you want to, but these guys at this level, at this moment, at this time, I, I don't see anything coming out of yesterday's game other than Florida didn't have to go deep into their pen to try to secure that win. I mean, Figueroa threw unbelievable yeah, for them. Came in, I mean, he came in and just I mean, you saw 88, 89 miles an hour with the two seam sinker changeup, just you know hold LSU's hitters at bay until I think he gave up a homer in the ninth. Um, but I mean, he was so good at sinking that ball, which was appropriate for the way the wind was playing and the way the field was playing yesterday to come in and throw sinkers. And then to me, the, the, the difference tonight, if you're going to give anybody a, over the course of a year, you know, a season, an advantage, it would go offensively, you would think towards LSU a little bit because they have, I can't remember what the numbers are now, prior to the series, it was 555 punch-outs and 525 free bases. That is impressive, really impressive. Now, you've got Caglione going to the mound tonight, who is, at times, can get out of the strike zone and, and have long, you know, 3-1, 3-2 counts often enough. And does LSU use that patience and that strike zone recognition 
and, and guys that don't, you know, that will take a walk or get hit by a bat or hit by a pitch, do they use that tonight? Over the course of a year, it tells you they will, and that could come into play tonight. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I'm trying to add it up. I think this will be LSU's, what, eighth game in the last nine days? Yeah. Or seventh in the last I mean, they had to come through the loser's bracket. Yeah, because they played, they, they played both games this weekend. They played the, the only day off they had was the 23rd and the... Yeah, they, they, only the twenty third. They were off. They're off one day since last Saturday, uh, the Friday into Saturday's opener. Uh, so they've played a lot of baseball. Whereas Florida, you know, they won three games and put themselves into this championship series. So they're a little more on familiar timing, right? I mean, all season long, you're playing four games a week at the most. You're playing three game series and one in the middle. Uh, they've played a lot of baseball and so a lot of innings. A lot of innings pitched. Doesn't, you, you maybe would lean Florida a little bit there. And obviously, yeah. Paul Skeens becomes the question if he takes the hill. Um, but, you know, this this is a great game, great matchup tonight. And you mentioned something that, you know, we don't think about often enough. But, you know, how, how much NIL dollars did Paul Skeens get to come to LSU becomes a question. I saw our buddy Craig Flowers said he heard 400000 bucks. right? Well, if you're one of the people that donated to the NIL collective to get Paul Skeens to LSU, you probably want to see him pitch tonight. Now, does it, should it matter? Uh, should you be mad if he doesn't? Because he's going to be the number one pick in the draft in a week and a half. Um, that's that's your call, but that that's a new pressure that the manager's got to uh, deal with and, and the player. I don't think there's any doubt. That's part of college athletics now. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, that's a fair conversation, right? Yeah. I mean, if you know, if you were part of that, you know, that gave that money or however they're doing it, um, and, and said we want you to come here and help us win a national championship, and he ha- he has look, he's a the biggest reason he and, he and Cruz both are two of the biggest reasons why they're even in this game, right? At all, is that enough in in somebody else's mind? And it's a legit question in a in a, a conversation. What is their expectations? And I would I would ask the you know the the texter crowd, it, it, what would be your expectations if you had you know set it up and and paid nil money for this? I mean, I think it's something now that college athletics is faced with. And, and and what is better for the young for the young man individually and his health moving forward in a professional career? Even though I think he's physically in good enough shape, and again I think we're talking about a different guy as well because this guy was going through, you know, boot camp and doing all these things and playing baseball in the same breath. He's he's different than you and I are, and I'm I'm, I'm definitely not the toughest guy in the crowd. And but th- this guy's putting himself at a whole other level. So I know for a fact he wants that baseball. Well, but for yeah, how long yeah. becomes the question. That's right? cr- when, yeah. How yeah, long that's and right. when? Um, you know, for me, I would probably start somebody else and see if you can get a hot hand going and then use him late if you need him. Um, you know, remember, Paul Skeens pitched Saturday. He pitched Thursday. And in those two starts, he combined 240-some pitches. Uh, and now this is the ninth day. Uh, you know, so he's, he's on three and a half days rest tonight. How many pitches, how many innings could he give you? Uh, you know, it's not like LSU doesn't have other arms and they don't have other good pitching. They're top three team in the country all year for a reason. But you, you want to be able to use your hammer 
to close out a national championship if you can. If you're, uh, you know, put yourself in, in Jay Johnson's shoes, would it be late or early? How would you, if, if the kid wants the ball and you're going to use them once you've made that decision and, and you know, evaluated the process, would, what do you think would be the better strategy, early or late? I, oh, hmm. Man, I mean, there may not be a late. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, there's there's two two ways to look at that. I think the safest way to look at it would be to to run Thatcher Hurd, you know, Thatcher Hurd out there um, to start the game, and if he could get you to the fifth, and then you know, then I saw a deal come across a ticker just a second ago that said Roddy Cooper's fighting a uh, stomach bug. So does that come into play as well? And then at the back end, you could have Skeens back there for six outs that you would feel comfortable that, you know, his body could hold up and, and his arm and his velo and all that could probably hold up. But this, the same argument can be made. If you know you're going to use him and you feel comfortable, he feels comfortable, all of the people involved in this decision feels comfortable that he can pitch, you know, yeah. well, if you're going to use him, use him. I mean, there's going to be – you could go to you could go to both sides of this argument and or not debate and not argument, debate about what, where, where and when do you use him – and then you could also go to you could talk yourself into either side of do you use him at all or do you know or not? I mean, all those things come into play tonight. Me personally, I, I think that he's probably if I was guessing, and I am truly guessing, I think they're going to start herd, and I think they're going to try to piece it and get and work backwards from there. And knowing that Skeen goes, I, I think he'll go nine outs. That that yeah. would be where I think he'd land. Florida with twenty four big runs yesterday. Craig Way will have more on that coming up in the Craig Way Report. Uh, Record breaking. Offensive performance. A lot of text coming in. This is 1992 Lollapalooza. Best show I've ever seen. This says, uh, been listening all morning, find the defensive. No one has mentioned Stevie Ray Vaughan. Well, I never saw Stevie Ray Vaughan live. I wish I had seen Stevie Ray Vaughan live. That would be awesome. This guy says, Uncle Tupelo back in the day. They split and became Wilco and Sunvolt. Have seen all three. That's a great one. Yeah, because uh, Uncle Tupelo, alt-country band um, with you know the two members were Jay Farrar, who went on to start Sunvolt, and then... Uh, Jeff Tweedy, who started Sun or Wilco, who's still one of my favorites. Both are great. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, favorite live show: Co- Cody Johnson, truly an amazing entertainer. Very high energy. You know, saw Cody, him pretty early on. Small shows. Yeah, I saw him at Whitewater I a have, year ago. I saw him He's at. Really uh, he played Coke Fest a couple years ago, and that's a cool story because Eric Rains and the folks at Coke FM down the hall, KOKE Fest. Uh, Eric was, the, I think, the first radio station anywhere to play his music, and that's been the case for a lot of these guys that have risen. And they all really appreciate Eric because Eric does a good job of digging for the best new stuff. And whether it be Parker McCollum or Cody Johnson or any of these guys, they, they kind of usually get their start on Coke FM. And so Cody Johnson was so appreciative of Eric and the station for starting, really launching him in his mind. Now, his hard work is a big part of that, but you got to get an outlet. you got to have a megaphone. And he had confirmed to play Coke Fest, but then he got a call from George Strait to open for George Strait at uh, New England Patriots Stadium there. In, in Foxborough or whatever, and Eric was like, "Dude, go go play open for George Strait." Are you kidding me? And he said, "Nope, I'm going to be there." And so somehow they twisted to where Cody Johnson played Friday night, not Saturday. So he was able to play Friday night at Coke Fest, and then still get to uh, to New England to play for George Strait that Saturday night. Uh, how much he appreciated him. But what Eric says is he's just the nicest guy. Like that's how he is. Like he's not. He he very well could have said, "Sorry guys, I got to bail. I'm going to play for George Strait." Wouldn't do it, uh, which is pretty darn cool. Uh, I like bands that do that. Yeah, he was. He, 
he's pretty personable on stage. I mean, you you could you could get this sense of man, this guy's in it to win it for the yep. country himself. You as Good a fan, Good yeah, dude. that's perfect. And yeah. He's an independent artist too. Yep, I don't think he's ever signed to a label or anything. Love that, and the fact that he's growing um, was in just Nashville a couple weeks ago, and you know people are playing his music everywhere. He's a big star now, which is awesome. And uh, speaking of bands who hold their word, back in the '90s, remember when Hootie and the Blowfish blew up with Darius Rucker? Well, the deal is, I, I knew I worked with the, the drummer's brother at one point, Dave and uh, Sony, the drummer. They had, they agreed to a two before they went big. Hootie and the Blowfish agreed to do two shows, one in uh, like January and one in uh, the summer at Liberty Lunch. Remember, Liberty Lunch was still a thing. And between the first show and the summer show, they blew up. Like they could have put, you could have played at the Irwin Center or something by then, because that that album, Cracked Rear View, blew up. But they honored it. They played at Liberty Lunch. I mean, you couldn't get a ticket to see it, but they said, no, no, no. we committed. We'll, we'll come play. Uh, and, man, I miss Liberty Lunch. What a great spot that was to see live music back in the day. Ty doesn't even remember Liberty Lunch. No idea what that is. <laughs> it's City Hall now. It's, it's City Hall right across from the uh, ACL Live at the Moody Theater. And that's where Liberty Lunch was. All right, we'll come back. Uh, a lot of great uh, comments coming in, people seeing great shows. Somebody said Bruce Springsteen at the Armadillo World Headquarters, late 70s. How good is that? That might be between that and the Paul McCartney at Yankee Stadium with Billy Joel making an appearance. Those are my two favorites so far. All right, we'll pick up with your Blitz coming. Ty Harrington is here. Ty Henderson is here. And you, Blitz is next, 447-3776. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just gossip. Ahead of your Blitz, load it up, 447-3776. Coming up next hour, we'll dive back into the big game tonight. Now, NIL, name, image, and likeness, and the transfer portal impacting college baseball and college athletics with Ty Harrington. That's a good conversation. I don't know if you heard what uh, Trent Dilfer had to say over the weekend about, uh, remember, he's now the coach at UAB. He was pretty stern about people jumping into his roster, he put it. We'll have that for you coming. It's a big conversation, obviously, and you're familiar with it yourself. Uh, Salacious Gossip, though, brought to you by the Icy Cold Bud Lights, the official domestic beer partner of your Longhorns, the Texas X's, and the Texas OU game. Coming up in October, and, of course, good times this summer in Austin, Texas. Do it with the Ice Cold Bud Lights, 4th of July weekend around the corner. Coke Fest, as we mentioned, live music that we're talking about this morning, always better with an icy cold Bud Lights and our great friends there at Brown Distributing. All right, Ty, I can help you out. Wall Street Journal did a survey of uh, attractiveness in people. You're the you're the single guy on the show, so uh, here's what you need to know: seventy two percent of ladies say that Birkenstock sandals are not sexy ever, no matter age. What about regular sandals? Nope. Seven Birkenstocks in specific. Not okay. sexy. I've been on Birkenstocks in a few years. It's good. good there. Uh, number one uh, sexy trait on a male is uh, biceps. Biceps. You're a little lacking there. You might want to start pumping some iron. <laughs> yeah. 65% say baggy clothes turn off. I'm, I'm not doing good so far. 44% say clean shaven face is sexy, but 56 prefer facial hair. So you got that covered. Yep. Don't, to, don't, don't knock need, it till you try it. I need to tie that up a little bit. 47% not turned on by men's jewelry. Jewelry doesn't do much for them. Maybe a nice watch, I guess. Also, uh, not turned on. 52% not turned on by men wearing red, but generally like men in black. Men in black. There you go. Get rid of the Birkenstocks. Get rid of the uh, the red clothes, baggy clothes. So, Ty, we can, we, can, we can ship you up. Or shape you up. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, also on uh, Salacious Goss, a buddy of mine, how about this? We're talking about best live show ever attended. Really good friend of mine texted me and said, 1987, Stevie Ray Vaughan and the Beach Stage 
uh, South Padre Island. Jay Leno did stand-up to start, then the fabulous Thunderbirds and SRV to close the show. Epic, epic night. Sounds like it. That's pretty darn good. Uh, also, in salacious gossip, Animal Rights Group are asking Georgia's minor league baseball team, the Macon Bacon, the Macon Bacon, to change its name to something less meaty. Team says, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I didn't even know there was a team called the Macon Bacon. I'm down with that. Damn, I'm Macon co- Bacon. It's a collegiate summer baseball team in Macon, Georgia. They're the Macon Bacon. That's awesome. I, I, Bacon, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of, so I'm, I look at it differently. I look at it like, yes, I'm, you know. I'm all in on a Bacon. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. I like that a lot. Uh, all right. Also, Ty, on our music conversation, do you realize that uh, this is a fact? Creed has sold more albums in the United States than Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a damn shame. An, an American rock band right there. <laughs> Consumers win, right? It's a free market. <laughs> Buy what you want. Jimi Hendrix, Creed more than Jimi Hendrix? Are you kidding me? Jimmy had to go to England to get famous first. I know. I got you on that. All right, let's do your blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right, first blitzer on a Monday. You're up. Hey, from deep in the heart of Texas, live from the Armadillo World Headquarters, Commander Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen. From the Armadillo stop to a right going on, cell block number nine. Jimi Hendrix and Johnny Winters at the Balkan Gas Company on Congress, singing Johnny Be Good, baby. Woo, good times in the ATX when it was still weird. Next blitzer, you're up. This is Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm currently on my yacht over here in Italy. Drinking wine and working on my tan so I can be in shape for training camp in Oxnard, California in July. Have Bucky call my girlfriend in Oxnard and tell her to get the pool and the hot tub ready because I'm loaded for bear. Yoo-hoo. Yeah, Cowboys camp in Oxnard will start next month, that's for sure. <laughs> next butcher, you're up. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Calling this calling to tell you that uh, Bucky Gobbles here safe for being in northern Mexico and uh, the floor plays good. This is Tony Romo. Tony Romo, next butcher, you're up. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to my boy, Coach High over there. I was his pizza boy in San Marcos. He's come by and see me at the gas station. It's a good old friend uh, pizza, Coach Ty. There you go. Good see, morning. Making old friends again. Oh, yeah. Next butcher, you're up. With the wind blowing out tonight, Gators take it 7-5. to five. I can see the dog pile right now between second and third base. Gator Chomp, remember their only national championship they've ever won was over LSU in 2017. Next question, you're up. Yeah, this is uh, Vince uh, Young. Yeah, he, Bucky didn't come to work today. I'm not surprised. Bucky <laughs> doesn't come back at all. He'll be back. It'll be a while, by the way, because he's out this week, and then he's uh, we're off Monday and Tuesday of next week for 4th of July. Next question, you're up. Stevie Ray Vaughn played South Padre. I remember the T-Birds, and I remember Jay Lowe. But, God, I don't remember Stevie Ray. I guess I had a pretty good time. <laughs> Dang, I missed him. Next butcher, you're up. Hey, Stevie Ray Vaughn playing at the Lamplight Saloon on 6th Street. He'd take the door, $1.50 cover charge. He'd make.